0: Happy Wednesday, everybody. Producer Shane and Grant McCagg back again for the SIG podcast, Recruits Draftcast. This week, we're going to be touching on some tidbit of news coming out of the NCAA. An A-level prospect decommits, which is not something we're, we're used to seeing. We're also going to be talking about why scouts can't draft solely based on highlight packages, as tempting as it may be. We're also going to be talking about a bit of Sportsnet, I don't know, controversy or disdain. I don't know what you want to call it, but we're going to be talking about that as well as our Habs Prospect of the Week, Riser and Sleeper of the Week, and Prospect of the Week. It all starts right now. Turn, Turn up your, your volume. volume because you're about to listen to The, the, Sick, Podcast. the Sick Podcast Recruits Draft Gas. And with the first overall selection, in the 2023 NHL Draft, the Chicago Blackhawks are very proud to select from the Regina Pats, the Western Hockey League, Connor Bedard. The sickest NHL Draft and scouting podcast. It's gonna be sick. sick, sick, sick. As always, I am your host, producer Shane, joined by the magnificent Grant McCag. Now, Grant, this week we got uh, some interesting news of Cole Eiserman, who is amongst the many people's top three for this upcoming draft Uh, originally he was planning on attending minnesota university and playing there and he just recently decommitted to instead commit to boston university to play with the terriers there notably that's i mean that's a loaded team if we if we go through you know the the roster there they, they have obviously macklin celebrini who is also among the conversation for top three this year Uh, They have Tom Willander, who was just drafted this most recent draft in the first round. They also have the the Hudson brothers, right? Uh, Quinn and Cole, uh, sorry, Quinn and Lane. And they also have, for Habs fans, this is pretty interesting. They have Jack Gorton and Jack Hughes, who are the sons of Jeff Gorton and Kent Hughes. So anyways, uh, Cole Iserman will be going to Boston University next year if he does not uh, make the NHL right out of camp. But uh, what do you think about this, Grant? This is a little a little weird.
1: Well, it was a little weird that he, uh, Massachusetts boy had uh, committed to Minnesota in the first place, I think. That's it. <laughs> so, you know, uh, peer pressure maybe, you know. A lot of guys talking to him and say, come on, man, you got to, you got to, uh, you got to, Stick in your home state there and yeah. with the, you know, what are you doing going to Minnesota? But uh, you wonder, um, I mean, at the time that he committed, I guess he thought perhaps Logan Cooley'd be there and Matt Nye's. And, you know, if I yeah. guess if he was, but if he didn't know and, uh, how good those guys were, he had a fair inkling that they wouldn't still be around by the time he was. He was enrolling, and I suppose uh, so. What Snuggaroot still there, right? Um, he. I, like uh, the, yeah, I don't. Maybe. Maybe. I would suspect that he'll he'll leave after this year too. Yeah. So, uh, it, it makes you wonder if uh, you know was he talking to Lane, and did Lane say, "Yeah, I'm going to play one more year. Why don't you come?" Like they would have, uh, they would have played some, or no, maybe not. No, actually, he wouldn't have played because there's two years difference there, right? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have played with Lane on the uh, under eighteen team. But I mean, through the through the same yeah. system, who knows, right? Maybe know you know, Lane, sure. so, yeah. I'm gonna play a year with my uh, little brother. You know, play one more year of college. Uh, why don't you come and join us for a? Super year, you know, if, uh, imagine if Celebrini and, uh, and Lane and Cole oh. and, uh, you know, down the list, uh, then, uh, Eisenman Undefeated. well, they'd be, they're not losing a game. <laughs> uh, again, depending, I guess on, on what the guys do, but what you would suspect that Will Smith and all that crew will, uh, that will Boston turn Collins pro did. after one year, you know? So, <laughs> but, uh, i I, I think it's just more just the hey, I'm a Massachusetts boy. be used uh building a good program here again. Mm-hmm. Uh a little bit of uh uh pr- peer pressure maybe and uh decided to decommit and uh, uh again it may it may be irrelevant if he does make the NHL next year but uh, he might not even play. Yeah. Usually these guys typically uh like you know, even Owen Power who was first overall pick played played a year you know so typically especially if they haven't already played NCAA hockey they you don't see them too often just making the the, the direct jump to the NHL they like to get one year yeah one year of college under their belt i mean you're a, you're a college boy there now like it's you know <laughs> these yeah. are I look back fondly at my college years. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, and I'm glad that I uh, that I that I went to college. Right, so um, I, I, I'm sure that the family would like him to at least get one year of schooling in, and uh, he I'm sure he does too. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's big news, but um, not that surprising considering yeah. that he's a he's a massachusetts boy
0: that's it that's it <laughs> you you said that bu is building quite the program i mean this year they're going to be you know a threat obviously uh yeah. t- to win the championship but even next year if it, assuming that you know let's say celebrini doesn't make the the nhl he goes for another year eiserman goes for another year let's say lane hudson stays another year and plays with his his younger brother cole who is in the uh national development program right now i mean this team is going to steamroll over everybody so it's going to oh, be yeah. interesting to see and and Iserman and Celebrini have pre-existing chemistry they played together what was it at Ch- chatic or they they played together somewhere i don't remember right. where but they like both of them averaged 3 3 points per game you know <laughs>
1: they got like 150
0: well, points in 50 games that's it's absurd and, so
1: and maybe they had a little chat You know, celebrating. He said, "Oh yeah, I plan. I plan on coming back next year if if you uh, if you come over. You know, if you decommit, I'll commit. So (laughs) it's hard to say, but uh, there could be a a few reasons why he uh, Mm -hmm. he decided to do that. But uh, yeah, yeah, it' going to be keeping an eye on BU for sure over the next couple of years. They're going to be fun, fun, uh, fun to watch."
0: That's it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mentioned Habs fans might want to keep an eye on that team. I, I forgot Luke Tuck also plays there right, this year. So uh, yeah. even better, like this, this team is just loaded, and, but yeah, NCAA hockey is going to be fun. Yeah.
1: And Quinn's a good player too, you know, is. Like, I mean at is. that level, he, uh, I almost, I, I thought that he might get drafted last year because he had a pretty good freshman season, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they've got a, they've got an exciting squad for sure. That's it,
0: that's it. So uh, you mentioned Logan Cooley, right? We' talked about Minnesota real quick. uh there's this whole discourse, right? He scored this fantastic goal, and it really was a fantastic goal against l a. But beyond that, right, we haven't heard much from him. Now, you did some digging, you did some research how his preseason has gone, and let, you know, let's lay the groundwork. I can already smell the comments from a mile away, all right. This is preseason. He is a rookie. We're not looking to it, into it too much. But you shouldn't also look into that goal too much either. So, delve into that a little, Grant, if you can.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's uh, he, he he has a, a goal and an assist in the in the preseason. Um, that goal was fantastic, and it, mm-hmm. it came in the first game. So, people jump on the you know jump on the bandwagon and say, "Oh, well, this guy this guy's going to do this every game." You know he's gonna he's gonna score a highlight real goal. Yeah. We get we tend to get a little overexcited, especially in a person's first pro game, and they score a goal like that. You 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 start to think, well, like geez, he can do that every game. He'll do that in NHL playoff games. But you know, there's always perspective behind it. It's first game of the preseason. Um, but uh, <laughs> trust me when I say those those highlights uh, are. Uh, they just display that that he's he's an NHL rookie um mm-hmm. it's not gonna be easy for him. he's not gonna score he may not score another goal like that this year <laughs> you know uh, yeah. I mean great that it came in the first game, but I think it got people uh reacting a little too uh overzealously about just how good this kid's gonna be like it'll mm-hmm. take time um don't expect him to step in and be playing 18 minutes a game as the first line center in Arizona. Um Andre doesn't uh, typically hand that. I mean, Barrett Hayton was fifth overall pick four years ago or whatever it was. Yep. And he's still, still trying to, you know, get us top two slot regularly uh, as a center at the NHL level. So it, it, it'll take a little time, be patient with him. If he, If he doesn't get off to a great start, that's fine. He's learning, just like Shane Wright last year, he's learning how to play center at the NHL level, and it takes time. But unfortunately, though, you know, we couldn't uh, show those highlights, but it it just gives you an idea of, uh, you know, like, I mean, I heard media in the last week and, and a lot of fans talking about how fantastic a preseason Logan Cooley has had. And I mean, they're, they're basing it on seeing that one highlight and they didn't watch the games and that's what scouts do. They watch the whole game. They don't watch highlight packages. They watch every shift. They, they watch a player away from the puck because mm-hmm. the uh, NHL coaches want want players that are going to be responsible away from the puck. You, you have to keep the puck out of your own net. In addition to scoring, um, if uh, if he scores one beautiful, pretty goal, uh, and is on the ice for five goals against on average, he's not gonna. He won't even be in the lineup after a while. Like, the, sure, uh, coaches like to see a pretty goal, but they don't want to see five goals against for every goal that you're you're in on either. So mm-hmm. he'll have to uh, he'll have to develop his his play away from the puck and uh, when he does that then he'll be playing regular and in a top two role in Arizona will it be to start the season it's hard to say but um, the, it's just an example of that you have to watch the uh, entire game when you're scouting you watch every shift you watch uh, guys play away from the puck and uh, it's all it's all important and That's um, I mean, I had Logan Cooley ranked ahead of Shane Wright. I had him top three in my draft ranking, so yeah. I think he's going to be a great NHL player, and this isn't a knock against him whatsoever, only just to temper the enthusiasm a little bit and not to uh, not to anoint a kid uh, based on one highlight. Yeah, first game of the season he uh, there's still work to do. That's it.
0: That's it. And it's easy to get carried away by like these exciting players, you know, the these offensively minded forwards who score that type of that type of goals. You 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 look at that and you're thinking, well, this guy's, you know, he's a lock for first line, he's gonna be a stud, but you gotta look beyond that, right? To see how good of an actual player he is. Maybe his his offensive game has developed ahead of his, you know, uh, draft class but the rest of the game maybe hasn't followed yet so that's why you know you really have to give an ensemble view before you say okay no, huh? cool he should have gone first what 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 the hell he like he's the best player in this draft class probably you know i don't know i don't know so that's why well,
1: that, yeah yeah that goal was a perfect storm like i mean <laughs> yeah, uh, you know time the time puck time. bounced yeah. his way uh i mean we've all anyone that's played hockey I scored a couple of goals uh, and I was no superstar that, you know, end to enders where just everything went your way. You know, you, you dangled everyone and you beat the goalie and it's mm-hmm. just, you know, I, I, I still remember them cause they were maybe cause they were so rare, but, um, I mean, sometimes it just, uh, everything falls into place. That's and a- I mean, if he does that another three or four times this year and the next times it's against Dowdy and, you know, uh, Doughty and Mikey Anderson instead of Andreas Englund and uh, Jordan Spence, who you know is a not a great defensive defenseman. Then okay, uh, maybe he is going to be a, an NHL superstar, but I just just hold off on the on anointing him just yet. It was uh, one good. time, <laughs> you know, one time thing. Uh, first game of the year, they're playing in Australia, so I mean, you know, who knows how, not everybody had their had their sea legs yet. I don't think either, and stuff. So it just hold off a bit on on getting over excited about it. He's a great uh, he's a great prospect. Is he's, uh, he's going to be the next Conor Bedard? <laughs> well, I mean, what we've seen. I haven't seen any other highlights from Cooley. This it was that one, and and even Bedard so far. You know, we see something every game. Somebody posts the, uh, even every when game. it's not a goal, right? Just yeah. a, a dangle he made or a shot that he made. It's it's daily with with Bedard. He's that's Looks a
0: like,
1: that's a special player. That's the yeah. guy that's going to be a franchise player. Cooley, we'll, we'll see. I mm-hmm. think he'll be a first line center down the road, mm-hmm. uh, if not a, a a center, certainly a first line winger. Um, do I think he's going to be as good as Bedard? I no, I don't. That uh, he's in a he's in an elite class of himself, just as yeah. just as McDavid was when he came in.
0: No, that's it. But Bedard is just leaps and bounds above most other rookies right now, uh, even even sophomores. You know, like he's just that he's that good. Uh, but we we've reiterated that point quite a bit, and everyone else has, rightfully so he is the future of this league and and i'll 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 put money on it like that's mm-hmm. that's how much i believe in that guy um so okay you wanted to touch 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 on this a little bit now i didn't watch the habs versus leafs game on sportsnet you did i watched it on rds because they're the best pierre et marc to the yeah. man right? oh, these, no. these are my guys but yeah. see there's been a common complaint here amongst Fan bases other than that of the Toronto Maple Leafs, not just Habs fans, any team that plays the Leafs that is broadcast by Sportsnet has the same complaint over and over again. Rightfully so, is that you know this the, this nickname Leafsnet is very accurate. The the panel the the way that you know the the broadcast is is given is so centered around around the Leafs that it's not even enjoyable anymore. You know, it's, it's like, I mean, we can pull up the Reeves cam that you singled out. They, they just, you know, they, they look at Reeves spitting on the ice. Who cares? You know, and this, this is after a scrum, right. That was he even involved in
1: <laughs> like, no, after every scrum that he wasn't on the ice for, they, they had a camera they had I called it a Reeves cam that, that had to focus on Ryan Reeves. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if the director or producer in their sixties or whatever, and thinks that uh, it's back in the seventies, like uh, where you could jump off the bench and join the, you know, join the (laughs) scrum and have a bench clearing brawl or what, but I mean, what, who cares that he's at the bench spitting on himself, you know? Um, Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm glad Kip, Kiprios is back. I don't mind Nick Kiprios, unlike most, Habs fans. I mean, I'm not in love with him or anything, but I I, I don't mind. I, I grew to not mind Nick Kiprios, and I was kind of surprised when he was fired. But uh, they get directives, too. I mean, I'm sure of it, where they have to, you know, oh, here's uh, one mistake that uh, Slavkowski made where he, he went over with Doc. I mean, first of all, he shouldn't have been uh, the defenseman back on that play. So you got to give him a bit of a, you know, pass on that where all of a sudden it's him and doc that are back against murder and, and, and Matthews. And yeah, he didn't make the right read on the play, but they take that one. I mean, Slavkoski made about 15 excellent defensive plays in that game. Yeah. And they took that one shot, that one highlight and, where he made the wrong read and, and Matthew's got a scoring chance and use that as an example of, well, is uh I think the, uh, the discussion was, is, uh you know, is he going to be a bust? Is Slavkoski going to be a bust? Like 36 games into his career, oh, you know, or is Slavkoski not going to make it? I forget exactly what the phrasing was, but, and, and it's, uh, you know, and they say, no, he's not, you know, but the, this one highlight shows, and I mean, it's, it's obvious that he hasn't been watching them all camp because all the, you know, they got this one clip and I'm sure the director said, Oh, we got to you know, does this mean he's, you know, let's focus on this one mistake and then ask whether this means he's going to be a bust, but Kipper said, no, no, it doesn't mean that, but he's going to be a, He should be in the AHL because of this, you know, and it's just, I I just wish it would stop that they, I mean, they did the same thing with Kakanyemi. the, the, the Toronto media. I mean, it was bad enough in Montreal, but all these guys that don't didn't watch the games that rarely saw him play had to weigh in on how, you know, whether he was a bust or not. And, and it's, it's just a common topic on, on uh, TSN and and Sportsnet, and it bothers me because, as as I I say, just about every broadcast, you you wait five years on kids before you really start judging them. And a preseason game, a 19-year-old kid who didn't make the right read with Marner and Matthews on one play means that he's going to be in the AHL. He should be in the AHL like it's funny uh Jacki uh beat Nye's nice, like a drum there on one he got the puck off the draw oh, yeah. and went around him like he was a pylon where was the where was the highlight during the intermission and then Kipriol saying well that this shows why he should be in the AHL to start the season no 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 it was it had to be the the canadians prospect that that became the topic and it just It's blatant at times and, yeah, yeah. you know, Toronto fans can say it's our inferiority complex. I mean, I get that every time I ever post anything that, you know, like that and sure, fine. We're, you know, I've got a complex that, that, you know, the the least have won so many cups in (laughs) in my lifetime that I just, you know, I mean, I, I just wish I was a. Uh, I, I wish I had to drive on the 401 at, in uh, rush hour every day and cheered for the Leafs. So uh, you know, it's fine. You know, <laughs> the, yeah, I have an inferiority complex when it comes to Toronto. Good.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 really Stratton. annoying more more than more than anything because you know like any Canadian game that Sportsnet. Presents if if it's you know if if it's played against the Leafs, you know what the narrative is going to be. You know it, it, they don't even like you said they don't even try to hide it, and and it's really annoying to have that bias because they're the only uh, broadcast like T. You, you will include TSN right, the, the Toronto Sports Network, um, in in that discussion because they're the only broadcast that that shows the game right. So. Uh, it's, it's really annoying to have to sit through like that propaganda about the Leafs and, and it's not good for growing the game. And I get that this is like a, a prospect podcast, you know, where, but it, at the end of the day, this does affect hockey and, and everybody yeah. else like, outside of Toronto is affected by this. So it's, it's just really annoying. I, I, I wish that they would bring in like a diversity of perspectives You know what I mean? Like, not just everybody out of Toronto, right? And and sure, the the panel knows their hockey. The production is good, but the narrative is so out of touch, so out of touch that it's it's becoming unbearable to watch. Um, And I I, every day I thank God for RDS because man, they're they're good. (laughs) They're so good.
1: And of course, you know, I get the. I mean, somewhat always as well. Just watch RDS, and uh, I mean, I. I I understand some French but I'm not bilingual so I don't you know I I like to hear what's being said uh, and understanding it so I do watch I, I mean I I I watch both but I just happen to be watching that you know the the uh Sportsnet one and uh made the mistake of not changing it in between periods I guess but um yeah it, it And also all the analysts, just about invariably, everyone that they hire, like, uh, you know, they've, I think they, between the two, um, they have one French Canadian, and that's Marty Brodeur, or Marty uh, Biron. He's Um, barely
0: on there, yeah.
1: And he, you know, he made a point of mentioning last year that he grew up hating the Canadians, right? And I swear it like that's in the job interviews when the you know TSN and uh um Sportsnet execs are there, they're saying like that's one of the questions. Like, did you grow up hating the Canadian Jess? Well, you're on, you know. That's it. Like uh, right. Gary Galley, you know, wasn't a Habs fan growing up. He he always and he, he makes no bones of it, you know. Play for Boston. Well, we'll we'll hire you, you know. Oh, you hit it the Habs? Join, you know, welcome to the club. We, we, you know, um one guy, I think they've maybe one broadcaster that played, uh, and that's Mike Johnson, that played some for the Habs. Uh, and I think Mike's great. You know, he's mm-hmm. one of the best that they have. But he played for the Leafs, too. You know, yeah, that has to be checked off on the box. Like, there, there isn't one guy that played for the Canadians and didn't play for the Leafs that they have as a hockey analyst on either network not want to, you know, and PJ stocks, another one, he hated the Habs, you know, he played, okay. He played what a handful of games, but you can like not hated the Habs, but he, he he always was a bit anti-hab when they had him on. And it's like, it, you know, you have to have that narrative almost, it seems like to, uh, to be on, on uh, either network at times. And yeah, I guess maybe you, we look at it a bit biased, uh, and maybe it's not as, uh, blatant as we, as we feel it is, but, uh, you certainly notice it at times and, and, uh, it's unfortunate that there's no hockey shows outside of Toronto.
0: You know, they tried
1: a couple, but everything's got to be based out of Toronto. Now it's, it's, it's unfortunate that, um, that it just seems like, uh, all the decision-making and all of the programming sports programming has to emanate out of Toronto because it can't help but be slanted a bit towards, you know, like the overdrive show or whatever. They talk Leafs uh, 75% of the time, you know, there's no sports hockey show uh, dedicated to the other Canadian teams that I know of, or if there is, I, I haven't seen it. So it's unfortunate that that's the way it is. Uh but thankfully for a lot of Habs fans, they're bilingual. They can uh, they can watch the RDS and TVA stuff and uh and Tony's podcasts and our our stuff and and get uh get some perspectives other than the Torontonio uh centric one. And that's it. That's it. Well said.
0: Well said um moving on to Habs prospect of the week uh we you know lots to choose from this week but I like the guy that you chose and it's I think it's important to highlight him even though he is 23 years old he's still considered a prospect that is Matthias Norlander selected third third round in 2019 64th overall uh what did you like about Norlander so far in the preseason
1: yeah, well, you got to give the nod to him. because, You know, we did not expect him to still be in camp, right? That's it. He's a uh, surprise for and sure. What he's shown is, uh, is um, you know, on the power play especially that the Canadians let's let's be honest, they lack a. There was his goal. Um, mm-hmm. They lack a uh, power play quarterback right now back there. Yeah, and um, he probably showed better than any defenseman in camp that he could run a power play, which, uh, you know, does reveal the need <laughs> that that there's still a need to be filled there. Because, I, I mean, I don't think he's a great offensive defenseman, but he does move the puck pretty well back there. He's got good feet, good vision. He uh, This is the, uh, the tying goal the other night. Now everybody raved about this, and it was a nice play for him to keep it in. You know, I think anyone that's back can go back as far as the Patrice Brisebois era, just, you know, really, uh, appreciate the a defenseman that can actually hold the puck in the net or in the zone instead of it bouncing over a stick. So that was pretty, you know, the, that was pretty nice. So, but here's another example of him joining. He, uh, he showed, he showed some good offensive instincts in the, in camp and, uh, Unfortunately, uh, I think numbers game, right, there's a nice pass to Cole. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, we saw Matheson back in camp today, practicing. Um, Because he's uh, not waiver eligible yet, he'll likely be, him and Barron will likely get sent down. Oh, there's, I put in a couple of, you know, there's an example where he didn't hold it in. And if you notice there, his skating, he doesn't have high end speed by any means. Like, uh, he's got good agility and he's good along the line, but when it comes to his, uh, Northwest, there's another turnover that he had. So I, I threw in a few things to show that, you know, it wasn't all, uh, sunshine and lollipops. He's, uh, (laughs) he's had some good and bad. There's another one there that I want to touch a little bit on that. The, uh, uh the pass the pass back on the power play yeah. thing that um I really hope that the Canadians don't do it every single time they bring the puck up. There he was again uh you know I, I ended it with a few plays where he wasn't great but um you noticed on that play the pass back play and the other one where he didn't keep it in his uh his speed isn't great he doesn't um he doesn't have great I think he's below average when it comes to speed for a defenseman, and um, that's probably what when you're five eleven you're not a physical defenseman um, it's probably what's gonna uh, keep him out of the out of the lineup for now. Um, he can help the power play, but will he uh, be you know a lot better than say Gooley on the power play? probably not. I think Gooley it'll be by committee to a certain degree, but, uh, you know, there's a few guys, Matheson, Gooley, uh, they can run the power play likely as well as Norlander. But he showed some stuff. He showed yep. some things, and um, he's ahead of Baudin at this point. Now, they, they picked up Baudin, you know, former first-round pick, Offensive defenseman in in junior, um, t- to be the power play guy, I guess, at the Laval level. But if Norlander ends up staying and, and playing in Laval at this point, he's probably ahead of him. Um, you know, as as far as being power play quarterback, um, I think they likely have Mayu and uh, Norlander on the on the first power play in Laval if he, if he stays um, and then Baudin and Barron on the second power play, but yep. that's, you know, that's going to be the best power play that we, uh, we've seen in Laval maybe ever. Um, mm-hmm. But also, you know, you seen, it's funny. Like we've seen how he's competent at the NHL level running a power play. Why, when he first came up, uh, was he, you know, he wasn't even on the first power play, I think Xavier Ouellette. And it used mm-hmm. to, it bothered me that, you know, <laughs> these guys, you, it's what I like about the current uh, structure and organization and, and the, their thought process where, you know, it's almost like the Montessori concept where you utilize what they, what, what a prospect does best. And put them in situations where, you know, they can use their skills. Um, Norlinder, when he came over, it should have been no questions asked. He was on the first power play in Laval. Whether he was good at it or not at this point, he just, trial by fire. This is what he's known for. This is what he did in, in Sweden. Trust the scouts. Trust the process. Let them play on the power play. But they didn't. He was a second power play. He was, you know, trying to make him in a defensive defenseman. Well, that'll come, but let him play, uh, you know, play to his strengths. And the uh, organization is is doing a lot better job of that than they did under Beresman, where um, they're letting guys, uh, young guys that come up, play to their strengths, and give yeah. them opportunity. You know, if they were a power play guy, and that's why they were drafted, well, then you let them play power play at the AHL level and let them develop. And if they become really good at it, well, there's a need in Montreal for a an elite power play quarterback. There isn't. There hasn't been one since. I don't know. PK even PK wasn't like yeah, he was Markov. Markov is yeah, good it was on more the Markov lane. really yeah. that was the power quarterback you know PK was kind of a blast it from the point kind of guy you know but uh since Markov in his heyday really so um I think the search continues uh Norlander showed some things but I don't uh Jordan Harris for instance you know it, it's not sexy I guess but he was a beast defensively in his last game. He just made. He was blocking shots. He was making plays. All the little things away from the play that that uh, are going to appeal to coaches. You know, maybe That's not good. to fans necessarily, but it's the coaches that uh, make make the lineups, not the fans. And um, Harris is. Uh, it, there's no way that Norlanders beat Harris out for a spot. I don't think to start the year or so. Uh, he goes down. Uh like I believe Harris would still be waiver eligible. So you could send him down without losing him, but he uh that last game sealed it as far as I'm concerned for him staying with the club. Um uh Lindstrom wasn't, you know, dy- sup- hasn't been super dynamic, but he's been solid defensively too. I think he he he's uh he's got a spot for sure. So the odd man out will be uh Uh, Barron and and Norlander at the end of the day, but hey, uh, nobody expected this. I'm pretty sure the club wasn't expecting Norlander to be this good. It's been a pleasant surprise, and I'm glad that we're seeing that potential uh, that we saw the year after he was drafted when on a lot of lists he was top five, uh, have prospect. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just another asset, right? maybe another club down the road uh, uh, has that need. If he, I mean, Montreal is just so loaded on left defense unfortunately that he's probably not going to get that opportunity here, but you never say never too, right? If there's an injury or two like last year, he'll get the call up. If he scores a goal and an assist like he did in the last game, if he does that a few times, he'll uh, you never know. He could end up uh, playing a fairly regular role in Montreal, but we we certainly didn't think that going into the training camp and now there's at least some doubt, doubt been cast so uh good for him he gets a nod for uh, prospect of the week
0: that's it that's it i mean i mean i remember this summer we were having this discussion about like is is he even going to come like he was he was playing in sweden we didn't even know he was going to come this year and let alone get the opportunities that he's gotten and take advantage of those opportunities right he, he ran with them, and he did the best he could, and I really, really re- like that. Um, you know I, I think, like you said, he's going to get a really good chance to shine in Laval this year and show that he does belong in this organization, and he could become an NHL player in the future. So uh, big shout-out to Matthias Norlander, Habs Prospect of the Week. Moving on to our riser and sleeper of the week. We've combined the two this week for <laughs> our friend, Yessi. Paul Kennan, talk to us about this guy.
1: Yeah, he's a 6'6 defenseman that was eligible last year. He's a late uh, 2004. Um, six goals and 10 assists in his first 10 junior games this year. Look mm-hmm. at that between them. <laughs> he's got good hands for a big guy. Uh, he can skate too, but uh, he's got a good shot. Very good offensive instincts. Uh, at uh, the Finnish junior level at this point, it's funny, like last year he didn't put up many points and it just, sometimes these kids just bloom, right? Yeah. Whatever he did, uh, ate a lot of Wheaties in the off season. Uh, <laughs> he's, um, he's just come out of the gate, just, uh, it's like, wow. Uh, especially a kid, six foot six, that all of a sudden he's an offensive offensive dynamo um, at this level. But here, watch this, zoop. And then he comes in and then the yeah. shot. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, this kid's got some uh and then here, I like this. This, you know, he's mm. got a long stick there, right? Six so it's six, so he gets the and then just he's like a man among boys. Uh I suspect the JYP, the the men's team's gonna be calling him up pretty soon. Yeah, and uh I'd also be surprised that he's not on the very much on the radar now for the Finnish junior team for the Worlds. I know scouts are kind of ex- are expecting it now. From what I sent this to a couple of guys, and they say, Yeah, I don't see how he can't be there's a nice pass, you know. Uh, don't see how he can't be on the World Junior team if he keeps playing like this. So, um, pretty smooth, good, uh, good edges, just kind of. <laughs> like and look at this the uh, glass there about five five panes of glass just uh, they almost all collapsed you know when he ran into the guy at the, end, at the end there but he looks like he's uh he's finding it easy at the junior level right now and that's uh that's in the space of one year that he that he's gone from being a you know just an average uh i think he played even j18 last year you know under 18 quite a bit of the year so He's uh, he's one of those guys that uh, is a big-time riser. And they, it even inspired me to, to think about, you know, who's the last underage guy to go in the first round? Because, uh, I mean, if he puts up the numbers that he's been putting up so far for the rest of the year at his size, uh, with his skill, um, it's not potential. an impossibility that he goes in the first round. Um, interestingly, I I mean, as I asked an NHL scout about it because it's the last guy I can remember. Uh, Tanner Pearson is the last guy that undrafted guy that went in the first round of the NHL draft. So, which is kind of interesting, you know, the Habs obviously (laughs) have them now, but you, you just see in all these, this is just in a game or two that, uh, uh, exciting, exciting prospect here. Just everything opened up for him there. <laughs> that one was an easy one, but uh, I, I decided to show all his, all his goals. So there's a couple extra games in there, but uh, um, yeah, can't help but be impressed by that. The kids, uh, kids got, kids got good offensive skills. He, he can defend. Yeah. Good skater. Yeah. Um, when he runs into people there, he almost put them through the boards. We'd like to see that a little more, obviously at his size, but um, I really hope he's at the world juniors. And if he, uh, if he has a breakout uh, world junior, he won't be, uh, he won't be a sleeper anymore. I think, I think uh, the sleep, sleep time's over for this kid with the start he's had. NHL guys are, uh, they're already looking at video you know, that are in North America, and I'm sure the uh, the scouting staffs in Europe are all flocking to see this kid, so um, I've got him, uh, I've moved him up into the second round, and um, it, he keeps playing like that. He's going to be uh, the first overage, overage prospect to go in the first round since Tanner Pearson, because, wow. wow, I mean, uh, he, he, he could have the whole package there, so it's nice to see these guys blossom and that uh, and it just goes to show yeah you don't get drafted put in the work in the offseason because you can still get drafted like uh, mm-hmm. it's not it seems like more and more undrafted guys are getting picked the following drafts so don't uh, don't give up on your dream if you if you get passed over once yeah um, because uh, you could blossom like this kid has uh, so, just another example of uh, another defenseman that that's jumped into the fray here. This uh, is shaping up to just to be a outstanding defensive uh, uh, draft, you know, draft for defensemen. There's going to be tons of them. So, yeah, Montreal picked a defenseman last year, <laughs> you know, fifth overall. Again, it doesn't matter. Uh doesn't mean they can't pick another couple, third round, fourth round. There's going to be really good defensemen in the second, third, fourth round. round. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe uh, concentrate on the on forward with your top pick or first two picks and uh, snag one of these uh, sleeper defensemen down the road just to add depth. But, um, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it too, right? If everybody's taking defensemen, well, that leaves you with one of the top forwards in yeah. in, the, in the you know in the draft. So who knows? Maybe Montreal gets the best winger in this draft class, like they got the best defenseman in last year. So uh, it's all good. Um, loving the depth of this draft. It's just uh, I have a hundred players ranked now, and I like all of them. So um, typically, that's not. The case certainly not in early October, um, or early August, or whatever it is right now. Is it early August or is it early October? Weather-
0: yeah, I don't know. It's Thirty degrees outside, jeez, <laughs> Crazy. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So what, are yeah. We
1: doing? what are we doing inside? Let's get let's wrap this up.
0: <laughs> good point, good point. I got to hit the pool in October, anyways. Ridiculous stuff. Uh, yeah, good stuff coming out of Yessi and now. Last but not least, prospect of the week. This kid has been putting up some just ridiculous numbers is Tariq Parashak. Talk to us about this guy.
1: Yeah, Terry.
0: <clears throat> Terry.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, just a phenomenal start to the year for this kid. Eight goals and four assists in four games. Hello. Uh, yeah. Um, he's number 32 there, uh, playing right wing. Um, good skater, got a really good burst. Um, uh, I mean, eight goals. He's, he's fine in the back of the net. He's got a really nice release as you just saw on that goal there. Uh, quick release and accurate. Um, Going to score a lot of goals this year. There's a, you know, just a beautiful shot um, in between the, uh, you know, the arm there uh, to the perfect spot for, for a shot. Yeah. Uh, um, he um he's got really good vision uh nice sweet hands here uh, finishes finishes the plays really uh really impressively i like his uh, his defense he's playing uh he played 29 minutes and 55 seconds the other night wow um his ice time went from 18 to start the year and by the fourth game he played like just under thirty minutes. Now here, look at that! Great hands, great hands on this kid. Mm. Love that goal. So lots of skill. Uh, he's about five eleven and six foot, so you know, not not a, a little undersized, but but uh, not a not a small kid by any means. Um, makes uh, great passes. He's um, he's got a ton of potential, and Prince George uh they're going to be fun to watch. They got Riley Height but he, who was you know picked pretty high last year, but he's getting more ice time than Height, who is the center. Uh, it's rare that you ever see a winger play 30 minutes in a game in a 60 minute game and the other night he played like I say 2955 uh for a draft eligible winger. That's just unheard of. So obviously the coach loves him. I'm going to get a hold of the coach and ask him about him and say, why, you know, why are you playing this guy half the game? You know, obviously he's out there on the, on the PK on the, on the uh, power play first line. Um, Hadn't really didn't have him on my radar going into the year necessarily. Uh, But wow, he, he jumped right up into uh, the, the second round discussion with the, with the start to his season. And it's, uh, it's fully justified because he's got the skill to match the production. So, yeah. um, he keep, again, he keeps uh, putting up good numbers. He finishes his top 10 in scoring or, or whatever. Uh, he might be a first-round pick. He just keep rising as, as the uh, draft year goes on. So, add yet another kid that's impressive that didn't really uh, necessarily know a lot about before the season started. It's uh, it's shaping up to be a, a tremendous uh, draft in in the Western Hockey League this year. Um, yeah, crossover scouts eastern in Eastern Canada are going to be making plenty of trips out west this year. I can I can tell you that. So uh, mm-hmm. it's not that strong in Ontario and Quebec. So you know all these guys are going to be you know putting up the. Uh, air, the air miles uh, as this year goes along. because they there'll be uh, between Sweden and Finland and Russia. Well, no, they won't be going to Russia, but Sweden and Finland and on uh, and Western trips, the frequent flyer mi- miles are going to pile up. So uh, no doubt good, good on them. They'll uh, you know, I, I've been, I've been talking to a few scouts already that, yeah, I uh, got to book him onto on my schedule for, for my trip out West, you know, but there's going to be 10 or 12 stops uh, for these guys. So it's tough. Scouting's not easy. Like uh, you, you go on those Western trips, and sometimes they're out there for like two weeks, and it's not easy, you know. Um, you have to give them credit. I know a lot of kids that want to get into scouting, and they say, Oh, I'd love to scout. I'd love to. Yeah, it, it's not a dream job uh, all the time, that's for sure, you know being away from the family for two weeks at a time uh, getting on airplanes, uh, sitting in airports, driving in blizzards to Chikunami, you know, on a, on a dark winter night. uh, uh, And then the kid that you went to see doesn't dress or he got injured or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's lots of, it's not a glamorous job by any means, but it's a rewarding one. And um I get excited when a draft class, when you start seeing guys like, uh, like this, that kind of, that you didn't really have on your radar, just uh, jump right up and uh, you go "Oh, Well, I'll add him, I'll add him to the mix and uh, hope that, you know, we keep seeing these kids as it goes along. Cause uh, ideally you want a hundred plus prospects that you like. And um, I already, I already have a hundred that, that have impressed me. So it's, uh, I think this is going to be one of the deepest drafts that I've ever seen.
0: Very exciting. Very exciting. And you can get all the news and updates right here on the sick podcast recruits Draftcast. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it at the sick pod NHL draft as well. You can't forget to go check out recruits.ca. You can get Habs coverage. You can get draft coverage. You can get Habs and draft coverage. The whole shebang. Great bang for your buck. Go check that out. And as always, Grant, thank you for joining me. I will see you all next week. Take care. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast, Recruits Draftcast on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.